Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. All right. Well, should we talk about our weekend, Patrick? Go for it. I was gonna ask you guys. I don't want John to feel left out, so all I'm gonna so say... So you guys went to go see Mel Gibson. How was that? Mel Gibson? Yeah. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. Mel Gibson was there talking about young Frankenstein. He didn't really know anything. Okay. <laughs> and then Mel Brooks came in, and it was all okay. Kicked him right off the stage. Okay, nice. Somebody needs to. All I'm going to say is that, I mean, he was there for the full three hours counting the movie, but he, he spoke for a little over an hour. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that. you're in the presence of a genius, of a great. And I just kept thinking that, that was just truly something wonderful and special. I mean, that was, I, I just, I could listen to that guy speak for hours. And to think of what he's created and the laughter he's brought to people, but how much he's, you know, he's just such a real human being. And he talk- seems so humble. Yeah. Just like, you know, I'm a kid from New York that got lucky. I've only been in the presence of genius a couple of times, and it's just very awe-inspiring. Well, right now, including, present, including, yeah, including today. Including, yeah. to, including right now. So three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, for all that kind of stuff. Come on in. Have Come some pizza. In. Oh, I love pizza. Have some pizza. I can't pizza. smell. Oh, my God, I'm sick. Really? What are we talking about? We're talking about adventures and babysitting. Do you love that movie? Thor's an ugly homo. <laughs> <laughs> Take it back. Take back what you said about Thor. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, it is an awesome movie. Feel free to uh, pull up a chair. Yeah. Oh, no, I have to go. I'm... Yeah, I have to go. Did you pause that? No, but it was. Oh, we're just going live. Stay classy. <laughs> <laughs> Brickman, you need to join us for an you, episode. I was just going to say, why? You know what? I don't know. It's kind of a guy thing. No, it's not. not really. No, oh, I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, John's here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sometimes we bring Dennis in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I would fit in. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Having that many people together that all appreciate what he did, watching yeah. Young Frankenstein in, in a room like that, it was a whole different experience watching with people that laughed and, you know, it, I can't tell you the last time that I laughed that much at that movie. And I think a lot of it had to do with just the ambiance of it. Applause when a person's name came up. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I've never I've never been in a movie where that's been an experience. Like, I've never, I know that that's happened, but it was just so cool. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 That's, it's, it's experiences like that. And I didn't go with you guys, but I mean thinking to experiences I've had like that where you go to a movie and the, all the people in that theater you know are excited to be there mm-hmm. and you do you get the applause when somebody comes on screen for the first time or you get the applause at the end when the credits are rolling and you just know everyone in that room and and that to me is like when people argue about well going to the movie theater is dead like there's no reason to go to movie theaters anymore you can stream it all at home or you can watch it on blu-ray you got your tv <clears> yeah but it's so different no it, it, there's really something about going to a place and being you know and, a bunch yeah. of people that are you know that's what i love about those fathom events when they re-release mm-hmm. you know the movies for 20th 30th 40th 50th whatever it is yeah. anniversary and just you know that people that are 
sharing that space with you are people that truly appreciate what's being shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did Mel Blank say anything that um, you wouldn't have, like you didn't know from before? Or? What about Bugs Bunny? Did he talk much about Bugs Bunny? Okay, so somebody's jealous, clearly. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just... I would have loved to have gone. Yeah, no, no, did he, but I mean, seriously, did, yeah. he, did he talk about anything that like, were you surprised by anything? Did he... Well, yes. Say anything that you're like, oh my god, I didn't know that. Yes and no. I mean, okay. there was the kind of the behind the scenes stuff yeah. about what was happening. Like, well, we, you know, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The Waco Kid, um, Frankenstein, um, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder and him wrote the movie while they were filming Blazing Saddles. So Fra- you get that. Like, yeah. Froderick. <laughs> <laughs> Igor. Froderick. I'm, oh my gosh. <laughs> but. Um, you know, so there's like those those kind of things that it's like, oh, well, that's cool. It, it's Damn like, your eyes. Too late. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then did, did you catch the thing when he says, what's what's the actor's name that played him? I can't remember. Anyways, right he now. made mm-hmm. a crack about hiding from him. He's like, yeah, the best way to hide from him is right in front of his nose because he can't see his eyes. And it was just like, Marty Whoa. Feldman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so he's making those jokes. So you get some of the stuff where it's like the, you know, kind of the behind the scenes. Okay, that's not really a surprise, but that's just kind of cool information to know. But then he just would start talking about his childhood and all these stories about his childhood that were just like, what a what a colorful past. And then he was talking about his mother and how his mother told him the story because he the first time he saw Frankenstein, he was five and he was scared to death that Frankenstein was going to come to get him. But as opposed to his mom telling him, well, Frankenstein doesn't exist. It's like, look, think about this. He'd have to get on a boat. He'd have to take a train out of Transylvania, get on a boat to come over here. He'd have to find New York, then find Mm -hmm. our building in New York, and we're on the 20th floor. So by the time he eats all the people, all the because he was worried about, Uh he's going to be full. He's not going to want to eat you. You know, and it was just, oh my gosh. And then jokes and and just... Yeah, jokes and stories. He told an interesting story about, a lot of interesting stories. One was about um, working on show of shows with Sid Caesar. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. Sid Caesar evidently held him out of the 18-story window of the Palmer House Hotel. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, and, you know, and there were so many times I'm like, I wonder how much of this is actually true right. and how much isn't. But it well, didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, the one part he said, yeah, that story is almost true. <laughs> and he said it in such a nonchalant way. And I, I tweeted out some of his quick responses. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Uh, What's the secret to living such a long life? Don't die. Don't die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was what was your inspiration behind Springtime for Hitler? World War Two. World War Two. I saw that. One. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the guy was just as sharp as ever. Mm. Did not miss a beat. In fact, it was almost like for me watching the Marx Brothers. Mm-hmm. Like if, if if you're not keeping up, if you're not mm-hmm. focused, you're missing something. Mm-hmm. And by, t- by the time you realize it, he's on to the next thing, and you're just like, oh, now what did I miss? Yeah. Just, just really, just fascinating things. And he was talking about, he talked about his different movies. He talked about the behind the scenes stuff. He talked about, how, you know, he talked a little bit about Young Frankenstein and it getting made. And the original company didn't want to give him the two million to make the movie. It was one point eight. They didn't want it to be black and white. But then he went to this other, you know. So you get, it was just very fascinating. Just a phenomenal storyteller. He's just a phenomenal storyteller live. You know. Uh, Putting aside the fact that he just made some pretty incredibly funny movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just a funny. Yeah. Guy. If anyone ever has the opportunity, I mean, he's almost 91, so mm-hmm. who knows how many opportunities are left. Yeah. But if you ever find yourself with the opportunity to go, do not hesitate. Yeah. yeah. Is there anybody else, having gone to an experience like this, and I know you're getting ready to go to the one, the Steve Martin Martin short mm-hmm. one, 
Is there anybody else that, like, if you could only go to one more show like this, is there somebody else that you would really want to see? Bob Newhart. Okay. I would love to go to a Bob Newhart stand-up. My folks, uh, my folks have seen the Steve Martin Martin Short thing and say it's unbelievable. Okay. And I'm, I'm still trying to finagle a way to get tickets for that weekend that's coming up. But um, they said Billy Crystal was pretty amazing. Oh, that'd be okay. good. They said Billy Crystal would be really amazing. Um, I'm going to get the chance to see Tony Bennett this summer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be... That's awesome. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be amazing. How many times have you seen him? Never. Really? Yeah. Jeffrey. I've never seen him live, so I'm <sighs> so excited. We caught him live at Ravinia a number of years ago. Um, and it was. It was just a it was just a great show. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's gonna be that's gonna be How about you? Who would you I I'd have to go back money in, down. I would have to go back in time. I, I'd wanna okay. see Robin Williams. Ah if I could yeah. see if I could see if I could pick one person to see live in like a stand up storytelling type thing, I would mm-hmm. want to see Robin Williams. Yeah. But cool. can't do it now. So, but that uh, I will go back and I will rewatch like when he was on Inside the Actors Studio. And sure, all of his any of his stand up stuff that you can like, find it on YouTube. I will go back and I'll watch that stuff. You know, maybe like once a month I'll go back and I'll find one of his you know, old stand up ones from the eighties or some even some of the ones from the like late seventies early eighties stuff. And well, that'd be the one I, I would pay money to go see. And I, I was a little bit concerned about with uh, going to see Mel Brooks because you know I've seen. The PBS documentary they did on him. I've listened to podcasts and, mm-hmm. and extended interviews. You're worried it was just going to be more of the same? Or? Right. Yeah. I, my thought was, am I going to hear the same? Wouldn't it have even mattered? Mm. I mean, I was, I, I was, I was getting so emotional just being fifty feet from the guy, mm-hmm. like personal hero right there. Yeah. My God, this is amazing. Most one of the most incredible experiences. So I mean, he could have told this, the the exact same stories as he did on the Nerdist podcast. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have mattered, um, and some he did repeat, but there was some new stuff that he uh, that he threw in there as well. That was, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and the guy, the guy, they did questions from the audience. They had a moderator that could potentially keep things going, but he didn't need any revving up. I mean, like the moderator says, like I, I had two pages of questions ready to ask him, but you know, you know. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I Mel just doing does, this for you know. Mel just does what he does. Seventy, eighty, somewhere. He tells years. stories. You know, I was wondering with the moderator, is it going to be? Is it going to be, you know, like if, if Mel Gibson at his age, maybe he was going to start to wander off topic or a little bit too much, and then the moderator was there just See, I in even case. got him saying Mel Gibson. <laughs> Did I say Mel Gibson? <laughs> you <did. laughs> Darn you, John. Um, but Mel, uh, Mel, Mel Brooks, you know, if he started to wander off, mm-hmm. the moderator would bring him back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just in case, but... It sounds like he was still yeah. pretty sharp for a... Yeah, I, wouldn't, I could only hope to have that much... Of my own faculties by the time I reach 75, let mm-hmm. alone 91. And he was a writer, right? I mean, like, he didn't, he wasn't the stand up performer route, but from what I got, and I didn't recognize the guy that dangled him out the window. I'd Sid heard, Caesar? I'd heard him in name only, but I don't, okay. you know. The show, was, show of Shows was Sid Caesar's show, and that's mm-hmm. where a lot of young comedic writers okay. got their start. So he, um, like, who else was Was it Carl um, Reiner in there? Carl Reiner might have been in there. Woody Allen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Neil Simon. Okay. No, they were all right comedy writers on Sid Caesar's show. Okay. So he was just yeah. It, it just it was very cool. So Katie was kind of looking forward to this and kind of not. She's not as into movies and it being the first nice day that we've had in a while. She was kind of bummed about having to spend it spend the afternoon inside the theater. But when we left, she was like, 
so glad we. I'm so glad I came. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've gotten the permission to get tickets whenever anything like this comes along <laughs> That's cool. in the future. Nice. That's cool. So well, Tammy and I, uh, um, uh, same same deal. In fact, it was funny listening to Katie and Tammy talk about the podcast, you know, and because and, there was a lot of similarities, I think, in, in opinion and, you know. Yeah. Have you listened? No. Do you watch it? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Tammy was the same way. I think she was, um, she was like, okay, yeah. I said, mm-hmm. I said, I need to go to this. If, if you want to come with, I would love to, you know, share this with you and, and, and go see this together. If this really isn't your thing, then that's fine. I But I'm going to get tickets and all that kind of thing. And she said, uh, she said, no, no, let's let's go. That, that'll that be fun and everything like that. And um, she'd seen Young Frankenstein but walked out and, like, I mean, I can't remember the last time I looked over. She's, like, laughing so hard just just at the movie, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then listening to him speak, it was, you know, and... and um, she was, re- yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So. All in all, it was a, a great experience being able to be in the room with Mel Brooks and 2,000 of his biggest fans and just sharing that moment. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I pulled the trigger on that one, and I look forward to coming across more of these mm-hmm. types of experiences. Yeah. Hopefully they'll, uh, they'll keep them going. Did he say anything about Spaceballs, too? That was probably not the venue. He's, no, he's, not they the asked venue. him, and he goes, uh, Yeah, uh, <laughs> just like, uh, hey, you never know, you never know, you never know. And then I think that was the one everyone was like, oh, and kind of claps. He goes, it's good to be the king. Or something like, <laughs> yeah. he, he threw that in there. It was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jeff, we can ref- I just saw we can review our show. Yeah, I saw that. Mm, that's a little meta. I dare you to give it a meh. <laughs> <laughs> be that guy. I'm not gonna, I can't be that guy. <laughs> who, who does this guy think he's coming in being all funny and stuff? <laughs> funny and man. The show wasn't what I expected. <laughs> oh, he was too. He didn't even talk about Lethal Weapon. <laughs> or voicing Bugs Bunny. I just don't get it. <laughs> we did. I, I actually did trip him up and got him to say Mel Gibson. Oh, and do you get, speaking of Lethal Weapon, do you guys, do you get all the, um, the, um, uh, Bomb, like Batman, it's hard to get rid of a bomb. Did you see all those texts where we just started sending those last Friday? Yes. We were in bomb prevention training. Got it. That's why. And so and Yeah, I realized like, after when you started putting those in that like that text group, I was, still like, oh, I was like, oh, Bo's wait, there. Bo's in here. Bo's He's not going to have any idea what's going on. Yeah, we were in bomb prevention training. <laughs> it makes a lot more, I mean, I knew there was a bomb theme. I just thought I had missed a text <laughs> yeah, somewhere because no, no. it happened. So I was like, bomb whatever. Bomb prevention training. It was yeah. a blast. But I, it was... Um, <laughs> We, uh, I had a rough day because I had a short fuse. Yeah, short fuse. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I went out with a bang. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez, Louise. So, anyways, that's why... That's that makes so much more sense. I honestly just thought I had missed one text that started... Because <laughs> that's all it Wait takes. Wait a minute, guys. Right? That's all it takes with this group. Someone sends one video or yeah. one GIF, and all of a sudden we're off to the races, and if you miss one, meh. John, why are we here today? Well, we're here today because, you know, we actually never introduced ourselves. Hi. But I think Mel Gibson Brooks Blank was more important. Mm. Yeah. We are the 30-something movie podcast. We are. Here's we Jeff. Are. Hi. Hello. Here's Pat. Hey. It's Pat. I did like your hashtag, it's Pat. Yeah, that well, he nice doesn't something. have a Twitter handle. So that's I, true. He doesn't have any kind of handle. So anytime I mention mm-hmm. on the Twitter, I just, it's Pat. Okay. That's cool. But the other three of us have plenty of handles. So, Bo, how are you? Just <laughs> oh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> you're coming fast and furious. <laughs> uh, somebody asked you. When do we talk about the Fast and Furious movies? Oh, not when, sure when are those 30 years old? Oh, man. 2000. It'll be a while. That first one was 2000? Yeah. So first time we get an actual pairing of the Rock one and year, One year after the events in Logan take place. 
That's true. You knew it was 2029. I, I gave it to you this morning. You haven't watched you it haven't yet? You haven't seen it yet? Sorry, I had students. Oh, I did. I, came, I brought the movie. I've been forgetting. No, no, the like, next time you have no class, why don't I, you watch I, the movie? Um, well, that should have been like three weeks ago. <laughs> I um, I, I, I dropped it off to him like the morning. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, wow. Yeah, he cool. said you stopped by like an hour and a half. Yeah, an hour later, I'm like, hey, did you watch it yet? And you were in class. Yeah. I'm like, knocked on the door. I'm like, hey, hey. It's like, even if I started it right after you handed it to me, it would not even be done yet. <laughs> And the look at your face, you were about to go, you did, then you <laughs> Right. Oh, man. Yeah. We'll talk. So We'll talk. I'm just okay. excited to talk about Before it. Before I forget, yeah. because yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. 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 Sunday woman, anyone? Oh. Intriguing. My brother and I are kicking around the idea. Okay. So there it is. Okay. If, if I go to that movie without Tammy... I will never go another right. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Enough said. Okay, Enough so. Said. Might be going Tuesday with Sharon. Don't know. See, no said. My wife has zero okay. desire to go. Really? Yeah, she did. Comic she likes book movies. Oh, yeah. Cars? Oh, okay. Cars are a thing with her. Okay. <laughs> Let's just throw this out here because you talked to me about this earlier. Are you, you going to catch it? Uh, maybe. It depends on what it you is. You don't have any athletic skills. Um, I'm an athletic <clears throat> supporter. Oh, and that's, that's the best part. He says, I'm an athlete. He, Mel Brooks was talking about that. He's like, I used to be an athlete. I still am. And he like stands <laughs> on one foot. But it wasn't. Okay, so this 92-year guy no, just jumped out of his 92 chair. 92 years old. And, or 91 or however, 106. And he jumps out of his chair and he's standing on one foot. And that's amazing. But the thing was, it was comedic. Yeah, Somehow well, it was funnier <laughs> yeah, than the just like, oh my. <clears throat> I used to be an athlete. I still am. Yeah, and the way he and did just that. poses but, and like, yeah, yeah, okay, like, going on. <clears throat> oh, boy. Anyway, what are you throwing at us? No, I was going to throw it here. Does it offend you that there are women-only showings of Wonder Woman? No. No. Next question for crying out Moving loud. On. There are? Yeah. yeah. Some theaters are, are. How? Are You have to pre-register, I guess, and, you know, women-only showings and yeah. celebrate women and support women. And there's, and there's a bunch of. Bag men that are all like, oh, this is so unfair. You're so sexist. Just you better have a, a all male showing for Thor and uh, like. Because that's exactly what I want to do. Is go watch a oh, well, Thor is always but an all male show. The, the problem is that's I what mean, a comic book movie is. It's like it is. mostly guys. Oh, yeah. Okay, so if we're talking about <clears throat> being outraged by the stupid, have you heard all the oh, outrage oh, about the Star Trek Discovery cast? No. What's the oh. rage about the Star Trek? I'm, I'm going to jump back really quick to the Wonder Woman thing. I, I told Jeff this morning that when I heard about this woman-only thing and people being offended by it, I said, I am so excited about Wonder Woman that I tweeted out a picture of um, Tom Hanks from Bosom Buddies. Mm. I was like, this is how I'm going to get into the early screenings. Yeah, there it is. Like, I will sneak in to the yeah. women-only screenings. My thing is, I hope that it's I so hope that it's like two people are upset about the mm-hmm. women and they like and they found these people really and then out. amped them up. I yeah. really hope there's not a group of people like that. Because that... Well, the real question well, the, is, what the, defines a group these the days? The internet I mean, amplifies everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, because it's just, it's, no, shut up. The internet amplifies stupid. Where can you find our show? It's 30podcast.com <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> just left of stupid. Speaking of amplifying stupid. Yeah, that's right. All right, so Star Trek Discovery, tell them. Yeah, what's, there's what's a whole people? group of morons on the internet who have decided that the Star Trek Discovery cast is, wait for it, too diverse... And they are calling, I, I don't, I, I should look this up before I use the word, but there was something like, wow. they're basically angry that there's not a white man in the top five in command of this new ship. The, I, 
Yes. Hey, schmuck, go look at the original show. The original series was all about diversity. Well, crying out loud. you had a white man. You had a white captain. Yeah. Wow. It was... Uh, <laughs> Are you okay, Pat? I'm okay. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know so. if I've ever seen you like this. I just... Mm. <laughs> so, Let's see if I can... Uh, wow. Pat's gone cro magnon I was already on the edge from something today at work that I was like, the more I think about this, the more I'm going to get upset. It's going to be like the movie The Patriot. I liked it, then I started thinking about it more and more, and I started getting more and more upset. So it's like that. So I'm already, I'm already like a race car running in the red. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then that, this just a race car like in the Indy 500. Yeah. <whistles> yeah. That... Yeah. The, the highlight on uh, Gizmodo was racist Star Trek fans decry Discovery's diversity, revealing they know nothing about Star Trek. Which is okay, true. That's true. Yeah, so that was all over Facebook for a couple of days. There was a really sensational headline, but well, the problem is we use words I feel like I can't use unless I'm quoting the actual headline. So I'm trying to find it. Yeah. Here it is. Well, the problem is we already have so many white men in power. There's not enough left to be in charge of the ship on the Star Trek show. The headline, the quote used in the headline of this article is "White Genocide in Space." <laughs> I can't make that like, crap up. I'm like, just, I don't even know what to do with that. I don't. I didn't either. I couldn't believe it. Were they just upset because, like, was there like an establishing shot of the Earth and there wasn't a giant wall along the Rio Grande? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. <clears throat> it's the 23rd what? century and it's still not there. I'm just saying, Jeffrey. You brought up the point when we we watched Blazing Saddles. But there's no money on Earth, so who's paying for it? And you it? said, could this exactly. movie be made nowadays? Could it? You know, with the mm-hmm. you know the, the poking in the eye of the the, the, the satire and with mm-hmm. the whole thing. And it's funny because, you know, I mean, that brooks a whole different... Brooks. Yeah, brooks. <laughs> yeah uh, a whole different discussion. But honestly, think about the kind of stuff that we're seeing. And boy, is that movie any more apropos? Is that even using... I don't even know if I'm using words right. Does that movie fit even more? Could that movie be even more or powerful in a time like this? Where, you know, it's lampooning this guy. A black sheriff goes in this white tie. And all the, you know... the, the Oh, the, Blazing Saddles wouldn't have a chance. Right. Now, but you know, but the I, message I think, is it any more? It could it be any more most, important to most, have that message? Now? Most satirical things are don't have a chance yeah. at this point because, as we mentioned, the internet is full of a lot of stupid people yeah. that are just they're, they're they're just waiting for something to come by that seems offensive to someone. Yeah. Better if it if they can fall into that category of being offended, right. just to start shouting out stupid, baseless crap on the internet. Right. Where they're one of five thousand, so they don't have to take any accountability. And see, and I think I think what I'm trying to say, and I'm spluttering for words, I think now is the time that we need more and more satire to hold the mirror mm-hmm. up and say, hey people, take a look. You know, kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Like, like so yeah. But the problem is we can't yeah, we in a very general sense, we don't know how to laugh at ourselves. We don't know how to laugh at things that um that could be seen as being offensive depending on how it's handled. We're immediately going to jump to the, I'm offended by this. And uh, and meanwhile, we're upset that there's women only screaming of, screenings of Wonder Woman. We're upset yeah. that the Star Trek cast isn't, you know. I just want to point out for Adventures in Babysitting, I am really upset that a woman co-opted a man's name and became the lead in this movie. Uh, Chris, that's a man's name. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hmm. She should have a woman's name. Yeah, like Robin. Like Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. What can I say? I agree. 
Yeah. So I guess there is some okay. movie news that we need to discuss. <laughs> no, yeah, there were a couple things. <laughs> All right, should we go on into uh, Adventures in Babysitting? Why not? Let's do it. All right, so Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, this one came out on July 3rd, 1987. Rated PG-13 for a, a couple of obvious reasons, especially when you're on the subway and you're oh, messing yeah. with the uh, Lords of Hell uh, and the Babysitter. And the Babysitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a one hour and... Don't mess with them. Uh, it was a one hour and 42 minute movie directed by Chris Columbus. Um, this was his first movie direct, uh, movie director role. He also did Home Alone, Only the Lonely, Mrs. Doubtfire, Bicentennial Man, one of the best movies ever. Uh, moving on. And the, <clears throat> and the uh, Harry Potter, Sorcerer's Stone, and Chamber of Secrets movies. He was an explorer, too, for a little bit, right? Yes, he was. Okay. Yeah. 1492, wooden yeah. ships, the whole deal. found yeah. America, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the How do you find a place that is already inhabited with people? I mean, really. Good point. Anyway, let's go forward. Who's, who's up? I was going to try to make a funny comment, but then it probably would have come out sounding really bad. So <laughs> we're just going to skip that. Um, producers on this one, Deborah Hill, who died in 2005. Uh, she did Halloween 1 through 3, Escape from New York, Clue, Big Top Pee-wee, and The Fisher King. <laughs> Big Top Pee-wee. Um, that was not a good movie. No. Big Top Pee-wee? Yeah. It was an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Chris Christofferson made an interesting choice mm-hmm. in his career at that point. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Linda Opst was uh, the producer for Flashdance, The Fisher King, Sleepless in Seattle, Contact, and Interstellar. Writer for this one was David Simpkins, also did writing for Lois and Clark, the TV show, uh, and was the writer-producer of Charmed and Human Target TV shows. Was Music that the, was, that failed Fox TV show, Human Target? Yeah, well, that was really good, though. I, th- I thought I it was great. It. I liked the comics. So oh, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the show. Did you watch the show? Did you watch the yeah. thing? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I wish they hadn't. I was, I was kind I of bummed that they... I uh, this one. Oh. If you need to borrow it, I have season one on Blu-ray. Mm. So, do you really? Yeah. Can I borrow that? Yeah. I'd love to watch it again. I don't, have, I don't know why I have season. Two. Oh, you know what? Because season two was kind of hard to find and expensive. But I think I found season one on on sale or clearance somewhere one time. So yeah, beautiful. I'll let you borrow. I like that show. I did. I wish it didn't. Yeah, that's all those things happen. There we go. Um, you can watch that while you're um, not watching Logan. It's true. <laughs> did you see that yet? By the way. <laughs> I'm texting you tomorrow. <laughs> so see Logan yeah. See Logan. Tomorrow I'm going to get a text and I'm halfway home. That's true. Have you watched it yet? <laughs> you put it on your car? He's got his phone out. He's going to text you in like three minutes. I'm just going to say, just <laughs> watch it. Logan, watch it. Let me know what you think. Music was done by Michael K. Do we say Cayman or Common? I'm going to go Cayman. Cayman? Okay. Cayman. Cayman. Michael Cayman? Nah, that's too weird. What about Michael Kamen? No. Okay, Michael that Kamen. shatters my sense of reality. Um, he died. It doesn't matter because he died in two thousand three. So we well, can kind of call him whatever he wants. Features of live bands in this. Michael Kamen and yeah. sat yeah. down on a chair. There we go. And then he died in two thousand three. <laughs> um, <Wow. he'd, laughs> that turned dark real fast. Sure did. Uh, Brazil, Highlander, Lethal Weapon movies, Die Hard movies, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, X Men, and Band of Brothers uh, were his credits. Budget on this one was seven million. But box does anyone think he stole from himself? That's really the question. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not as much as James Horner. Mm, obviously. Mm-hmm. Still think we need to listen to all one hundred and fifty soundtracks <laughs> if we're going to make that claim. Budget on this one was seven million, and the box office was, was thirty four point three million. Uh, <clears throat> starring Elizabeth Shue as Chris. She was in The Karate Kid. The, do, do you need a moment? I might need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Bo? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yes. Uh, she was in The Karate Kid, Cocktail, Back to the Future 2 and 3, The Saint, and CSI. Uh, Maya Bruton played Sarah. She was in Back to the Future and Parker Lewis Can't Lose. 
Keith Coogan played Brad. She was Back to the Future. Yeah, she was um, Lorraine's younger sister in the 50s. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, Keith Coogan played Brad. He was in The Waltons, The Fox and the Hound, and Toy Soldiers. Anthony Rapp played Daryl. He was in Dazed and Confused, Twister, A Beautiful Mind, and Will Be in Star Trek Discovery. Also went on to Star on Broadway. Rent. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Original member of Rent, and... Uh, was in the movie version of Rent also. Oh, nice. Okay. Your good man, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I think Chris Columbus did the movie version of Rent, too. I think he directed that. So, another, awesome. another connection there. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, Calvin Levels played Joe Gipp. He was in Johnny Suede and Hellbound. Vincent D'Onofrio played Dawson, or Thor, whatever you want to call him. A much um, different Vincent D'Onofrio. Every well, once in a while, he yeah. slipped into a speech pattern where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can see where you're going to go. But I mean, he was life. easily, what, mm-hmm. 70 pounds oh, trimmer? Yeah. Well, actually, we talked about I talked about that with Sharon because we, we've we liked a lot of his TV shows and movies as he's been on. We used to watch Law & Order Criminal Intent all the time. And, oh, he was so uh, creepy loved in that him show. In, oh, I loved him in that show. And oh, I didn't say he was bad. Oh, yeah, he was yeah, creepy. Yeah. Chris Columbus did direct run. Did he do that? Okay. Nice. Um, Daredevil, he was the villain in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um you know, all, all kinds of... He was in the new Magnificent Seven movie. And... Uh, uh, Men in Black. He was Men in Black. Um, and I wanted to figure out, because he's he's so thin and fit in this movie. And he's not thin and fit in, in Full Metal other, Jacket. Well, most other things, but especially Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, so I was like, like, back to back. I was like, when did this movie get made? And I couldn't find it. I did find this movie came out one week before Full Metal Jacket came out. So they must have been filming... Maybe not too far from each other. In which case, he either put on a whole bunch of weight really fast, or he dropped a whole bunch of weight really fast. I'm going to go for maybe he put on a whole bunch of weight. Yeah, I can't really imagine fast. a dropping that much weight mm-hmm. and b being just physically toned like he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right, and at, at that point in your career, right. so he just, must have done. I mean, just must have done this one first. I mean, what then, sort of timeline would that require to drop? Yeah. 40 pounds and then put on and it's the muscle, muscle. yeah the, the dropping of the weight eh, whatever well, but the, the I'll muscle tell you, the, the gaining is going to be a whole lot easier well yeah from personal experience pizza but I mean when you look at yes. <laughs> when you look at actors in Hollywood they can you know see a nutritionist and have mm-hmm. someone force feed them vegetables for weeks and lose weight just got a point the muscle mass is yeah. I mean mm-hmm. that's the hard part yeah well, I mean, because back then you didn't have the same kind of, like, everything that Hugh Jackman Although, had to go through with Logan. You didn't have, have that back then. He could have just gone to see Arnold. That's true, too. Because Arnold was there to bump. Pump him up. You are. He was in Full Metal Jacket, Mystic Pizza, Ed Wood, Men in Black, The Cell, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, Daredevil, and The Magnificent Seven. Penelope Ann Miller played Brenda. She was in Big Top Pee Wee, Kindergarten Cop, Carlito's Way, and The Shadow. It's not a tumor. <laughs> George Newbern played Dan. He was in Father of the Bride 1 and 2. He was in the TV show Providence. Uh, he was in the TV show Scandal. And I didn't realize this. He was This was the, the nice guy at the frat party. He yeah, has yeah. been the voice of Superman since, like, the Justice League cartoon going, kidding. going forward. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Yeah. He'll always be the husband and father of the bride I know. for me. That's... But he's been the... Um, and there are times... There are times... I understood the chapa chicken pot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not expecting you to wear a blue, navy blue tuxedo. No. Amani does not mock a navy blue tuxedo. <laughs> I'm sorry, George Bounds. <laughs> when can we do that movie? What, what year is that one? I am I not know. paying for a dozen weenie buns because I do not need a dozen weenie buns. I need eight weenie buns. So I am currently removing the superfluous buns. <laughs> Should we talk about the cock? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, the cake. The cake, yes, the cake. <laughs> Honk. <clears throat> I, I just hope they go into a little bit of that. If with we need a new band name, a superfluous buns could be our band name. <laughs> that is an awesome That one. is a great What happened, Pat and the round guys or whatever? Yeah, Pat and the three circles. Oh. Pat and the three circles. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, take, superfluous buns could be one of our singles. Taking That's the it. reinforced stage album it's, title. Yeah, it's like our version of. Uh, <laughs> Can you see the cover already? <laughs> it's our version of Big Bottom. Oh man! Oh, you heard it here first. The thirty-something podcast releasing an album later this year. Um, all music ripped off from ourselves or other movies. Oh, absolutely. And nobody gets out without singing the blues. Yes. Um, uh, John Ford Noonan played Pruitt. He was in Flirting with Disaster, God Has a Rap Sheet. Bradley Whitford played Mike. He was in Revenge of the Nerds 2, Sendable Woman, Robocop 3, Bicentennial Man. Is uh, it in your the West Wing about his, Get Out? About the thing with him? Or thing should I say it now? Him not being a nice guy? No. Oh, the car? Go the car? It. Oh, the car, yeah. Is yeah. it in the trivia? Uh, it probably is. Then I'm not going to ruin it. We'll okay. do it later. I'll ask you later. Um, Ron, is it Ron Canada or Ron Canada? Canada. What do we got, Ron Canada? That is okay. at least somewhat canon from another podcast I listened to. Okay, all right, so Ron Canada. Um, he played Graydon. He was in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Who's National Graydon? Treasure. Graydon was the... Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. He was the guy at the chop shop. Mm-hmm. The African American guy at the chop shop, the like oh, the one yeah, in charge, yeah, yeah. the one in charge. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, and I've never heard his name in the movie. Okay, it, I don't know. They mention his name, one, like the other guy, once, like, the old, like right when you walk in, the other old creepy guy is. Okay, John Davis Chandler, who died in 2010, played Bleak, and I think he's the old creepy guy, the white guy, old creepy Caterer. guy. Um, was in Ride the High Country and The Outlaw Josie Wales. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave this one a 77 percent. The audience gave it a 70 percent. Um, Roger Ebert gave it two and a half out of four stars and said, by the end of the film, I'd had a couple of real laughs and a few interesting moments, but that was about all. Uh, Cinema Score so gave harsh. it an A minus. The only award this one won was a Young Artist Award from Maya Bruton. Um, and the basic premise of this movie, obviously, is you've got a babysitter who finds herself needing to leave the house with the children to head into the city in which they run into all kinds of Have you checked mishaps. the children? <laughs> Sorry. Wrong movie. That's all right. Chris Parker, getting ready for the greatest night of her life. Hi. I gotta cancel. Now she's stuck babysitting the Anderson kids. Sarah. Mom got Chris to babysit for me. Chris? Her brother Brad. Oh my. His best friend Daryl. Who is this kid? Stray dog. Take good care of my baby. I'll guard her with my life. What could possibly go wrong? Chris, I'm in trouble. Sit down. I'll be there in half an hour. Well, I'm just out of school. This is the night when things go from bad to worse. Big city scum sucker. Too ridiculous. Wanna go to bed? Hey, I like danger. You should try babysitting. And this is only the beginning. The friend is dead. Chris can handle it. Sarah's probably hanging from the rafters by now. 
What did you see? <laughs> that was good. Is it what? a hand? No. Oh, good. It's, it's a, a gun. gun. Oh, God! <laughs> so, uh, a couple of funny things, a couple of background things in this one that tie into some of Chris Columbus's other movies. The tow truck driver hits the lawn jockey uh, after reaching the house, and that kind of becomes a later running gag in Home Alone and Home Alone 2, uh, also directed by Chris Columbus. Um, apparently, Sarah's love of Marvel comics uh, mirrors director Chris Columbus, who wanted to be a comic book artist for Marvel at one point, but chose not to uh, because he felt it was too isolating to be a comic book artist. So he chose to go into movies instead. He's done okay for himself. I, mean, I think he's done fine. He's done fine. And originally, in one of the original scripts, uh, it was that she was obsessed with He-Man and She-Ra. And because he loves Marvel Comics so much, they switched it to Thor. Better call. So, mm-hmm. Harder to have He-Man and She-Ra show up at the... Uh, that's true. Tow truck office, I'm thinking. That's true. Uh, when the kids are driving Although, through... Vincent D'Onofrio, as buff as he is, possibly could have played either. Could have done. Or the, it, was uh, the, it was lowering too, golden locks. Well, changed the Too early for the rock to show up. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. way too early. Uh, when the kids are driving through the alleyway with the car thief, the exterior settings are the same used for The Fly from 1986 hmm. uh, with Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Uh, which was also filmed in Toronto, which is where a lot of the exterior yeah. scenes were filmed for this movie. Um, uh, like I said, uh, most of the movie was shot in Toronto, which, and I thought this was kind of funny, I saw this in a couple of different places, Toronto being a very clean city, they had to import trash and bring it with them and like dump it all over the streets and on the scenes where they were going to be filming. And apparently there were a couple of times where they didn't guard their trash, and so somebody from Toronto's sanitation department came and cleaned up the movie set. And they're like, oh, great, we gotta go get more trash. So then they had to bring in more trash and dirty it up again. And Darn so I've never been to Toronto. I would like to go at some point. I'm but, going this summer. Um, are you going? Yeah, nice. That's all I got. A test to see how clean it is. What's the purpose? Uh, Katie's got a meeting. Nice in Toronto, so I'm off of work. So I've heard it's a cold place. Excuse me. Stay at the uh-huh. hotel attached to the baseball stadium. We are. If you can't. The Renaissance. Ah, uh-huh. there it oh, is. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well I'm, done, sir. Yeah. I'm hoping we get a uh, get a room that overlooks the field. That'll be just That'd be so, awesome. so amazing. Very cool. But anyway, yeah. So, was this the first time watching this movie for anybody? Pat, first really? time for you? Okay, first time. Wow. It was the first. It, well, it's not the first time I've seen the movie, but I didn't remember a whole lot of it. Okay, so it oh, kind really? of felt like it was one of the first. Okay, times I was watching. cool. So, so what did you think of it? First time you're watching it? I liked it. It was a fun movie. It was, I think, well done. I mean the 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 actors and actresses and all that kind of thing. I think they were, you know, well cast and all that. And it was, uh, you know, the bad guys were suitably bad and evil and slimy and all that. And the parents were, well, I don't know, were the parents really out of touch with this one? I guess the parents really weren't out of touch. But, really. you know, <clears throat> no. So I guess that, you know, I guess that wasn't like a, you didn't even need it for the theater. So, but, you know, I mean, the so there was that. The kids, uh you know, they're with all the stereotypical, you know, the best friend that just is always saying stupid stuff or is always going over the top or whatever. And then the kid that has the crush on the girl, you know, I mean, all the characters, I think, were well played and <clears throat> fun characters. And yeah, it was a fun movie. As someone who'd never seen it before, 
at what point did it cross the line of, oh, God, really? So the only, the only part that that seemed to hit uh, for me was when they were singing the blues. Which okay. I know was kind of like a like a, a critical like like part, that, and it was a fun thing, and I, I like that they were singing. Mm. <clears throat> you don't get out of here unless you're singing the blues. But that that part, it, the whole movie was contrived. Well, but yeah, that, I mean, that's why I asked the question. That I mean, part yeah. kind of got to me, like, uh, okay, okay. I mean, it was like, and, and I think what set me off is that that silent where they're all like staring at each other was like so long. It was like. Okay, we can maybe trip a little bit off this. This is just just <laughs> the awkward. We're looking at the audience. The audience looks as us. You don't get out of here without singing the blues. You know, I mean, it's just like that part. I kind of like stumbled on a little bit. But once they all got singing and the song was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah. It was like a full five seconds of awkward more than Animal House. Mm-hmm. Hey, Otis, my man. Well, see, <laughs> but that was funny because <laughs> think, of yeah, the line, yeah. the implication of. You know, and then the look on Otis's right. face when he's just like, "What are you guys doing here?" It's you know? Otis. And then, and, well, I mean, you know, he, he tries. To, well, now I'm going to start quoting Animal House. That wasn't that wasn't awkward. This was just this was like, a little, yeah. Okay, what are, what are we going to do? Went on a little bit too. And I don't want to go on about it too much because yeah. then it picked back up and I was like, "Oh, okay, we're we're happy time again." But the rest of it, yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was fun. You know, it has to be a little contrived, otherwise, you know, you're not going to get mm-hmm. into. Something like that. But yeah, I enjoyed the movie. Nothing nothing more, nothing less. Okay. Yeah, I, for me, this one, I think the only nitpick I have about parts of the movie where it seemed a little awkward was maybe some of that. Maybe some of the, like, the awkwardness of the, you know, all the looks of it's silent and then, you know, it's an awkward moment. We're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, all that. Although the part that, if I was going to nitpick something and say, this just really didn't work, was when the parents were first leaving the house when they you know babysitters there kids are there parents are leaving the house yeah there were a couple of times during that whole scene where it just felt like maybe this was the first day on set and this was the first scene that they're all filming together and it was like a really poorly put together tv movie or something and and i feel like i didn't go back to rewatch it i feel like there were a couple of times that the dad as he was walking past the camera like looked at the camera oh and i was like i thought i noticed that a couple times i'm like Hmm. wow that's just bad and it just, and I, I, I don't know why. And I don't know why I was, I wasn't looking for those kind of things. It just seemed like that part in particular kind of started to take me out of it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is, I can tell maybe this is the first movie he's ever directed because some of this stuff is not good. But then like you said, the movie picks up and it kind of, you know, it, it, it goes from there. It's a little bit like, and we're probably going to make a few comparisons to Ferris Bueller, but it's a little bit like a Ferris Bueller where once you get into the city, it's like one thing right after the other. You don't have time to be like looking for things wrong or anything like that. It's you're, it's, it's pretty much nonstop action from that point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I know I'd seen this before and I know that I remembered bits and pieces of it, but it kind of felt like I was watching this for the first time because I really didn't remember most of this movie. Mm -hmm. I remembered the bits and pieces of, um, you know, I remember them running into Vincent D'Onofrio as Thor or Dawson Mm -hmm. in the, in the lower whacker um, auto shop there. And, and I remembered a couple of the other scenes, the girl hanging out the window at the very end of the movie on the, yeah. on the skyscraper. And um, so I remembered some of that stuff, but other than that, the rest of the movie was almost like a totally brand new movie cool. for me. Um, 
I have a couple other things I, I'm going to say about the movie, but I think we'll jump over to you guys first. And yeah. So, how many times have you watched this? Is this something that's like it's a regular, yeah, like once a year, once every couple of years kind Probably of thing, or multiple times a year? This will oh, this cool. will be played at our house. Okay. Uh, it's one. Of the, it is a movie that uh, Katie really likes. Okay. Um, so whenever I uh, put it on, she'll, she'll usually sit and watch uh, this one. I must have been ten or eleven when I first saw it, and. At that time, I didn't think of how ridiculous the premise was. I just was like, oh, this, this is so much fun. So every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, this movie's so much fun. I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. I still feel like this, mo- it's, this movie's just a ton of fun. Even the part where they have to sing the blues. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. Like, it's it's a moment where, like, okay, even in this premise, this is a bit much. But I don't care. Like, I look yeah. forward, like, nobody leaves this place without singing the blues. It's just like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I was actually going to make that a requirement for recording the podcast today. Nobody leaves a recording without singing the blues. We can't leave a recording without singing the blues. Oh, well. We'll be here a while. <laughs> sing the end of school year blues, and we can come <laughs> no, up with we can, we can do that. Oh, yeah. there's no blues about the end of the school year. Yes, but the last two weeks, the slog of getting there, we can come up with something. We'd all be fired, <laughs> but we could come up with something. I don't know about you, but I enjoy this time of year with the children. I find it to be very special and very meaningful. Hmm. And the children do their best learning this time of the year. So maybe you, know, I you have a different I am going experience. to not comment at all on that load. That <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, As we said earlier, the internet amplifies stupidity. It does. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> We're not talking Rocky. <laughs> this is not Bo's favorite wax on wax off scene. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I knew that was coming. Too. I'm tired of hearing about Bo waxing off. Oh, look, he's off. giving me the American Sign Language again. Yeah. Help. Help. Apple? Would you like an apple, Bo? Apple? One apple? One apple? <laughs> Just one apple. One thing only, please. Um, so anyway, yeah, no, I... I Love the hell out of this movie, yeah. and I'll put it on. Uh, you know, we have it at home, so I'll put it on sometimes. It's on Netflix. So I'll put it on there if I'm flipping through the channels. I'll stop. It's if a it's great on. flipping through the channels. Oh, uh, look! Put the remote down. We were looking for something to watch. Well, and at this point, this. In, in our house, it's, it's such a great background movie mm-hmm. because we know it so well. You that, can come like, in and out of it. You yeah. don't have to. You didn't miss anything. You, we can quote the lines when mm-hmm. we're not in the room, and then mm-hmm. go back and we're perfectly in sync with the movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. Same thing. Same question for you. Very similar. Is it something you watch regularly? Saw it growing up a lot. It was on TV a lot, I feel like, growing up, because we saw it all the time. It must have been on cable a lot. It's the only thing that really makes sense. Um, Saw it a ton growing up. My wife loves it. We watched it together when I watched it for the podcast. Um, I remembered everything except one scene, and I did only about 10 minutes of research. I was going to try to do a little more sitting here. Um, the scene that I don't remember, and I feel like maybe it's because it gets hacked up for TV, is the scene with her and Brad Whitford. I feel like that whole we're not going out scene gets chopped to bits for TV. For the time. one at the restaurant or at the very beginning? At the very beginning. Because I, mm. for the life of me, didn't remember that scene at all. Mm-hmm. Like, not even a little. Like, in my head, it went right from, I'm dancing around in my room... To I'm going babysitting because my boyfriend canceled the date, but I didn't have the date canceling part. So either that's a part I've always missed yeah. when it's on TV, yeah. or it's a part that gets hacked up for TV, or 
or something. That would be confusing if they cut that out for TV well, because then but you not don't, really. But she you just has to can he just has to cancel the date. It could be a quick two seconds. Yeah, but then not. you don't see him again until. And I mean, right. that's not to say that people who cut up movies for right. TV or and they well, talk good. about him a little when her, <laughs> they're not good when, editors. When her girlfriend comes over, they talk right, about right. him. And I remember that part. Huh. But the scene with her and him, for okay. whatever reason. Well, and I suppose the scene when when they're in the restaurant could stand alone yeah. in understanding, like... But um, you have to have seen the license plate before, because that's how they figure out he's in there. Well, they talk about well, they the talk license about plate. It, I think. They don't show it. Yeah. They talk... Uh, they, later, they, right, but you have to have seen it in that first scene. It's you, not in... You don't, you don't see it in the first scene. scene. Oh, and he pulls into the driveway, you do. I don't think so. Yeah. Sure. Because I know that... Um, or out of the driveway, but I you definitely that, see the license plate. I know that Daryl talks about it when yeah. they're... On their way into the city. Oh, They're, when they start talking right. about him, you're right. And so no, like, you don't need that. I, I have to look because I would swear that scene gets chopped to bits. Okay. For TV, <clears throat> only because I have no recollection of it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I could probably describe this whole movie to you, from the, from the hanging out on the side of the building to the, to the blues scene to the tow truck. I, I've got most of it. That scene is just mm-hmm. gone gone which is hysterical because it's bradley whitford and because the story behind the car that is brad whitford's car Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah he's that guy who has a license plate so cool (laughs) (laughs) and then i read somewhere else that when after this movie he would get approached by people and they'd be like why do you always play jerks in movies and I guess he went back to his agent, and he's like, "Do you think maybe I should be doing like different types of roles so it doesn't affect my career?" And apparently, his agent's response was, "What career?" No. <laughs> Ouch. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> but mm. he did go on to play. Then he was on the West Wing to Josh Lyman, mm-hmm. and yeah. hey, that's totally fine. But I mean, Billy Madison mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. a jerk. Yeah. 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 So this one for me, I think because I didn't watch it regularly. I, to, to me, it's it's a it's a great '80s movie, and it, it's very much a product of its time. Um, to me, I don't. I think you and I, Jeff, were talking about this before we started recording. I don't know that I will go back and watch this movie again because mm-hmm. I, I watched it. I watched it for the podcast, and I, I remembered the scenes that I remembered, and and the rest of it, you know, kind of filled in. And it, it was a fun movie, but I think with the style of movie that it is, if I was going to you know, because nobody flips through the channels anymore and stops on a movie. We just, that's not how we watch TV anymore. If I was going to go seek a movie out like this to watch, I probably would watch Ferris Bueller. When you say like this, are you talking about just episodic type movie? Yeah. Where it's just, you know, this small event, then this small mm-hmm. event, and this small event, and this small event, yeah. all tied together. And, and kind of a, well, I mean, kind of like a, it's, in a way, I mean, this is kind of a, a little bit of a, a John Hughes, I don't know if I want to call it John Hughes knockoff, but it, it is very similar to Ferris Bueller in a lot of those ways where you've got, you know, the, the kids are escaping and they go through all these different adventures and they they almost get in trouble, but they keep they get away and like things work out for that them. Gets, and, that's used more than just Ferris Bueller's. Oh, I know, I know. So I don't know. If I'm I, saying I, like I of the time period. But I don't think I would call it a, a, a knockoff of Ferris Bueller or a John Hughes knockoff. Well... I mean, I kind of feel like the writer had seen Ferris Bueller. and But didn't they come out around the same time? Yeah. So within, how would the writer I think, have been I think able Ferris to see Bueller Ferris. was a year before. What? Yeah. I think so. I'll have to go back and look again. But I think it was a, a year or at least several months before. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, 
I think it's a stretch to call it a knockoff of no. Ferris Bueller. Well, I mean, I think it's, and, and I mean, you have, very, like you said, I mean, you've got similar tropes in other movies, but I think it's, it's very similar to we're racing back at the end to get home before the parents do to get everything all cleaned up. And, you know, we've been through all this stuff and, and there were no consequences to it. And I, it just, it, to me, it seemed very, very similar to, and to the point where, like I said, if I was going to pick a movie in this same vein to watch, I probably would go with something. I, I probably would go with Ferris Bueller as opposed to watching one like this. That was the other thing in watching this fun movie, and, and we were having fun watching it. But at the same time, like there was this, there was this whole like nagging thing in the back of my head watching this as an adult that I was like, "Wow, teenagers made a whole bunch of horrible decisions, and there were no consequences at all for any of them." And I'm like, I'm not going to impose That's that upon you're the movie. Old. Well, I know it's because mm-hmm. I'm getting old. Because I don't want to. Should we talk about that. the decisions you made as a teenager? No. Because <laughs> those have been, I've been told that that's expunged, and we don't even <laughs> talk about that anymore. And <clears throat> expunged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and that I think was a sign of you know us watching this movie and feeling like I was watching it for the first time as an adult, watching this movie and seeing like these kids just constantly making these horrible decisions, yeah. and and nothing happens to there's no consequences, nothing happens to anybody, and and it all works out fine in the end. So I think had I watched this more as a kid, then this might be one of my favorite 80s movies. But I think because I didn't remember watching it as much as a kid, it's it's an okay movie for me. Um, you know, definitely funny lines, definitely, you know, a lot of parts that I think if they, if it was more ingrained in my head would be more quotable. Um, you know, like you were saying, you know, you can quote half the lines in the mm-hmm. movie and you'll put it on in the background because you know it so well. Um you know, I, I think had I watched it more as a kid, it probably would be that way for me. But I think since it was as an adult, I I watched it once and it was fine. And I'll remember it, but I don't know that I would go seek it out again with all the other movies that I want to watch on my back list of mm-hmm. things I haven't seen. When I was looking up stuff for this one, I, I found that a lot of different places said they felt this movie was influenced by an 85 movie by Martin Scorsese called After Hours which I have not seen, but now I'm curious to go see that because um, it sounds like it's a, you know, ramp it up to being more of an adult version, um, kind of a black black comedy adult version of like an Adventures in Babysitting. So I'd be curious to go see that one now since I read in several places they were influenced by that one. So do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Favorite scene or favorite line? Um... I don't know. I think. I mean, I think you need the entire movie together for it to work. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to choose one of those scenes, the the individual scenes, I don't think hold up mm-hmm. on their own. I think you need it in in the entirety of the movie um, for them to be enter- for for them to be entertaining. I but is think- there but is there one scene where like if if somebody said. If you hadn't watched this in a little while, and somebody said "Adventures in Babysitting," is there one scene that'd be like, "Oh, yeah, the that scene"? Would there would there be one that jumps to your mind right away? Probably the the escape from the office and the chop shop when, okay. they're, when they're walking across mm-hmm. the uh, the rafters. Even watching it over the weekend, I was still sitting on the edge of the couch, kind of <laughs> holding my breath, like. <gasps> 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 You know, that was uh, that was my comment to Sharon. I was like, 
uh, you know what? They're just gonna they're gonna kill me in the office because I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I well probably wouldn't fit through that opening. Well, I wouldn't fit through the hole either. But um, <laughs> I th- in terms of lines, I think Daryl's got some of the best lines mm-hmm. in the movie. It just cracks me up. Um, although Sarah's got some great lines in mm-hmm. there too. Um, you know the one where she tells Dawson that. Brad called him a homo. Yeah. <laughs> you're just sitting, you're like, oh, Jesus. Did you call me a homo? What have you been saying about me? <laughs> you spread lies about yeah. me, kid. Um, Don't even know who these people are. In the beginning, right as they're, so as they're getting into the car to go pick up Brenda, Daryl jumps out from the bushes. He's like, road trip? And Chris is like, who are you? And Sarah just yeah. quietly, stray dog. Stray dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great recall of, uh, who was at the door? Stray dog. Stray dog. Yeah. That was awesome. I don't know. I think it's those lines that that you know if, if you if if you hear them they're just that much better. Mm-hmm. But everything's sort of recalled throughout the movie. I think pretty well, mm-hmm. given every all the experiences that they had. You know, having Pruitt at the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, you know it's the same hospital that Pruitt and the guy that uh, was sleeping with, the, with his wife mm-hmm. ended up being at. Um, I'm sorry, I'm your just, friend just, is dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Doctor Doctor like, Newt Bang. Newt Bang. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like Newt Bang or yeah. Newt Bang. Or, <laughs> so I don't know. Okay. That's my take. Bo, do you have a favorite line? Or see? Or does that when you have a license plate that says "So cool"? <laughs> I'd say a favorite scene. I like the one where they're at the office building. That whole sequence is funny. It's got all the... Where she's hanging out the window. Yeah, it's got all the goofy stuff, and it's so unbelievable because, you know, I know how tall that building is, and it's just ridiculous, but it's still fun. It has all those weird movie chase elements to it. It's got the bad guy who gets left to dangle on the side mm-hmm. of the building. It's Did you said the post credit scene? There's a little scene at after the credits, and mm-hmm. it just cuts back to the guy still hanging out on the oh, on the no, uh, building. He's like, "Help me!" No, man. <laughs> Usually, I go through all the credits, and I I did not get to that one. Yeah. Oh. And so, since you talk about that scene, this, this is the part that uh, actually Katie bumped on it before I did. Mm-hmm. When Brad pulls Sarah up back to the window, and mm-hmm. and she you know she puts her arms around him. She says, oh, Brad. In a very strange way. In a very way. strange, mm-hmm. non-brother-sister yeah, type way. Too. <laughs> and it was just like, uh, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> bad ADR. That, I mean, yeah. that, and that's all that is. Yeah. yeah. Really you can, bad. You can tell if she delivered the line live, she delivered it right into his coat mm-hmm. or into yeah. his shoulder. Yeah. So you weren't going to hear it anyway. She may not have even said it when they yeah. filmed it. And they realized it needed something. And the ADR is just bad. Yeah, I so think Pat, it's I Pat, Pat, ADR is, is when you go back and re-record audio. Yeah. Okay. Sort of like the entire the room, which I still have to see. <laughs> Wasn't that all like re-recorded audio? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that, that was, was ADR. A lot of that was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the way Sarah delivers, like, it's, oh, Brad, I know. <laughs> Uh, well, and it's a child actor, so they brought her into the ADR room and they said, "Give me relieved, give me happy to be alive." You know, and that was the best take they got out of that afternoon. And yeah, oh yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those moments too when you hear it. Then it turned all all Empire Strikes Back on him. You'll never unhear that, right? Uh, Now that I heard it, because I did too, I was like, "I gotta watch this." And this is when they pull her back into the building. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah. Right. It's on Netflix. We could probably call it up here yeah. before we leave real quick. Yeah. It was sounds like she's very relieved to be saved. By her brother. Yes. Her, brother. her big, strong brother. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Mm. Guess, you guess you don't know everything about women, do you? <laughs> I care. Boy, the sum total. <laughs> oh, look, I found Bratislava right here. <laughs> you guys have seen your own trip, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, you got that. It's been a long time, <laughs> but yeah. Jeffrey? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, so. The bands were cool. Yeah. I'm just saying, the, the yeah. blues, when the blues band was... And you know what? Maybe that was my problem with that scene. It's like, man, that band's pretty good. And it's just like, <laughs> they just stopped the band. <laughs> Let them play, damn it. Okay. And then even the band that was in the uh, the bottom of the, the basement of the frat house, yeah. that band was pretty darn good, too. So, well, then I, I, mean, I, I mean, I think those are actually blues musicians. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't remember what their names were, but... Um, and they just made short cameos in the movie. So that was, yeah. another, that was another thing uh, that I noticed. So during... So at the frat party, um, Chris is dancing with what's his name? Mm-hmm. You know the new guy. Dan. It, it cuts to Brad, you know, kind of standing in the doorway, seemingly staring across the room at her. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to her point of view, and he's about like three feet away, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, <laughs> yikes! <laughs> that was a bit too intense. <laughs> or then at the end when they're on the in the driveway, and he's like. Staring at them. Mm-hmm. He's got his hands on the windowsill. He's watching them kiss. Right. Well, all three of them were there at the time. Yeah, because Katie, Katie but said then the there's same a scene thing. at the end. There's a scene at the end. The he, two he of left, left, he lingers the last one, and then he closes the blinds, and you can tell he's still there. So, just weird. so, as I was looking some stuff up for the movie, what was interesting about that was the actor who played him actually wanted to date Elizabeth Shue. Well, don't we and all? Asked Didn't him, we all? Right. But, I mean, come on. But... And I apparently they put they, his name on the list. Well, yeah. right. Apparently went to have dinner with her, and he talked to her about dating, and she laughed at him the same way she laughs at him in the movie. And he's like, "I took that moment, and when we went back to film the scenes, that's what I channeled. That's he's like I channeled the actual real life rejection that I got from Elizabeth Shue." In those scenes. And he's like, when she walks away, um, it was an interview that he did, I forget, some website, but it's an interview he did, and he said, when she walks away with the frat guy, when she's with the frat guy in the in the driveway at the end of the movie, I felt jealous. Like, I actually, as a person, not just an actor. Oh, that, I mean, that came across yeah. pretty mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah. Oh, he looked like he'd been kicked. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> you feel for the guy. Mm-hmm. But then... So I, I didn't get a chance to watch, um, and I mentioned this to you before we started recording. Um, Disney did a 2016 TV movie remake of this, um, and apparently there was a movie pi- or a TV pilot they did one episode of, and, and it didn't get picked up anywhere. Joey Lawrence and uh, Brian Austin Green mm-hmm. were the supposed to be the two guys, and I was watching a few minutes of the pilot, and it, it wasn't too bad. It had some funny moments in it, but. Um, the Disney one, I started to read up a description. I'm like, well, how do you do this movie? How do you do this movie and, and do it well Disney-fied. in a world where, well, Disneyfied and in a world where we've got cell phones? Like everybody's got yeah. cell phones and you can hit. So if you were to, if you were in charge of remaking this movie today, do you think you think you could do it? I don't think I In the same way or you just leave like, it, al- yeah, leave it alone because it's too much of a, it's too dependent on. Being of its time, and I think so. I, th- I think, like you said, because of the uh, cell phones mm-hmm. 
and how much you're able to do with the cell phone. I, I, I don't think that a lot of this would, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you could do, you know, just 50 bucks for the tire. Okay, here, here's my quick pay. Right. Mm-hmm. Apparently the you know, Disney oh, one. How I, do we get home from here? I'll throw in my Google Maps. Right. Apparently mm-hmm. the Disney one, I, d- I did read up enough to see that the, ac- the premise of the Disney one is actually because they accidentally switch phones. And you've got the wrong phone. You've got somebody else's phone, and apparently nobody memorizes phone numbers anymore. Yeah. So they don't know. They can't call anybody. Or... So let me ask you this: What? Uh, this is like kid adventure movie, right? Yeah. Just like um, I'm drawing a blank now on all the other kids. Goonies is a kid adventure yeah. movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is you know, what? Do we have any modern kid adventure movies? Home Alone. Not that's getting mm-hmm. into the '90s, but Home Alone was kid adventure and done by the same guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. What movies do we have now that are like kid adventure movie? And you're saying more real life kid adventure more movie. More real life yeah. like this, kind of getting into yeah. some outlandish thing. and Because like you said, that, that seems to be a product of the 80s. And mm-hmm. I just think the whole... I was about to say Stranger Things, but that still feels like a product of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I mostly say that because you're wearing the hat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. And Stranger well, Things and I, is, is, I, like I, a, is like a sci-fi deal, right? Yeah. So, I mean... The, but but like uh, I kind of feel like you're the more of these type of things. If this movie came out to the, just like the remake from last year, I think if this movie came out today, it would be on the Disney Channel. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know if you guys agree with me. I don't know that you'd see this. The premise for this movie, I don't know if you'd see it in theaters. I feel yeah, like it would be more. Of, I feel like it'd be more of a Disney Channel original movie or something. And like even that. then, so much of yeah. So much of the premise is dependent on not being able to communicate. So I'm still stuck on Pat's question about kid adventure movies. Like, like I, it almost seems that like, like that genre, that genre, is like not happening anymore. Je what? Je know. Je ne sais quoi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is it? Do you think that's indicative of? Do you think that's indicative of the fact that? We don't want to put children in real life danger. Oh, Pat's the only one that doesn't want to put children in real life yeah, danger. Yeah, Pat's the only one that seems to like I don't kids. mind putting yeah. children in danger. I look forward to it. Or do you think that's indicative of. <laughs> that's the last two weeks of school. As we're talking about. That's why you enjoy it. It's harder and harder to contrive those events. I, I think that. I think it's just that it's harder and harder to contrive those events. I mean, I don't think we mind putting kids in danger. We The Hunger Games. Now, but obviously, that's, that's based on a book. But that's what I mean. Like, but think about it. That's a dystopian future, so it automatically falls under a sci-fi fantasy umbrella where you can get away with so much more. I'm talking, okay, re- realistic fiction. Type. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, I just don't. I think you'd have to somehow eliminate the technology mm-hmm. right off the bat. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I don't know how you pull it off. And I don't think with we having technology like we have at mm-hmm. our disposal. And I just don't think we, I just don't think we are into that anymore. Like, I don't, I, I just think we, that's, because I can't think of a movie that matches this, whether that's mm-hmm. because it's dated, yeah, whether that's could, because it's 80s. You just call or Brenda an Uber and it'd be over. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> right. get home. All right. Well, mm-hmm. Uber's there in five minutes. Yeah. I mean, and that seems to be the thing, too, about, okay, kids sneaking out, kids going out, kids do, you know, that seemed to be a thing. Now, kids are, like, bent around their phones. They want to go and play video so, games online yeah. with their friends and, you know. So, that. if you're going to make a movie today, a kid sneaks out, but he has his phone. 
Because he's never going to leave the phone right. at home. So something has to happen to the so, phone. So, I mean, I suppose mom and dad could be calling and he could be ignoring them, but you then it. they would just GPS the crap out of him and figure you, out you where do he is. It, you do it in another country. You're on vacation. In Soviet Russia, no sure. GPS? Is that what you're no, trying to say? No, you don't have your phone with you or your phone's not working. You don't have the okay, international so calling or whatever. To, European vacation. I don't know, something like that. Hmm. I'm trying to think of if if, you, right, if no, you're taking the technology, try to take the technology out of it and have the same kind of like lost in the big city type mm-hmm. thing going on. You know, do you do it? Do you do it in another part of the world where you don't have cell reception? Yeah, or you don't, I don't know. It's as yeah. long as you can get the tech out of the picture. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then you can do anything. Yeah, I think that, but the tech needs to but, go away. Yeah, you, yeah. you got to figure out how to do that. Because even if the tech's out of the way, like, well, that's why, and, and not that I'm necessarily going to go watch the Disney remake of it, but yeah, I kind of would be curious to see. What's that? Yeah, you are. No, actually, I just watched one of the scenes before you came in here. I was like, yikes. <laughs> yeah, I did not <laughs> I hear. I don't think I'm watching the rest of that. Um, instead of uh, singing the blues, it was a rap battle. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna skip that Pats, one. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> pass over. Nope. No, 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 no. Nope. It's not it. not doing it. Cuts um, <laughs> um, but I, and like I said, the whole premise of that one, they still have their technology. They just for some reason they've got the wrong phone. Like they don't. They switched phones with somebody else, and so they don't have their so usual numbers that they it. would call. And I mean, they could use it, but it's it's people that they don't know that they would be calling. I guess. But even then, that still is like. Well, Why just fine, call just call them, them and yeah, right. So, there's got to be one phone number you remember. Once you can touch base with one person, yeah. From there, you know, we make sure Dominic knows our phone numbers. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Ico's number. Yeah, would you tell him to stop calling me, please? Yeah, I know. it's getting annoying. I know. What's he call <laughs> you? Just call me anything you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I, yeah, I, we had the kids memorize the pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> See that is the more important number. That's See, it, it would take a lot of you know it would sh- take changing of the you know just so mm-hmm. you're not not running up against the the modern technology that would get them uh, the problems. And you could have you could have kids heading out on an adventure, mm-hmm. you know, and somehow maybe borrowing the car and going. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you could do that. It, it might not. It might have to not. It might have to not. It can't be like. It would be a remake in name only. I mean, they couldn't go scene for scene and say, oh, well, remember the old scene of this? Now it's of this. They yeah. couldn't. The blues, singing the blues is now a rap battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of lame. You know, yeah. to do that. Actually, I mean, you could still have them sing the blues. I like, I, mean, yeah. I, I like the idea of taking the car. They take the car, something happens to the car, and they yeah. can't call someone for help because they don't want to get in trouble. Right. right. It's as simple as that. You so can't now we're not using the technology mm-hmm. because we're trying, we get in trouble. we're trying to yeah. avoid adults. Well, because that was the whole other thing is they could have solved all their problems in this one by just like the building was right there. Yeah. At any point in time, we could have walked to the building and mom and dad are there and the whole thing's done. Right. But they didn't want to because they didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So, I mean, guess that. So, yeah, I mean, I think you'd have to rework certain things. Yeah. I mean, it's... Because otherwise, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it as you're talking. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you could still do... I feel like you could still do Home Alone. Because he's a younger kid, and I don't know that even if technology was there, I don't know, I don't know if it would play as much of a role. I'm thinking of of Ferris Bueller. I'm like, you still could do Ferris Bueller even with technology today. This one, it just seems to hinge more on 
Unless you played it up for, we don't want to get in trouble, so we're not going to call anybody. Yeah. Unless you played it up with that kind of a thing, then. But how long do you get away with that before you're going to get a phone call? Well, right. Well, I, and and to be honest with or your you, parents I think are tracking you with GPS, or you'd have to see it. I think that's the mark of a good movie. Like mm-hmm. when you watch this thing, uh, do you watch it and say, oh, "That's fun"? Yeah, it's contrived, but you know what? We enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Or do you watch it and say, "Here you go. Do this, 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 this. You'd be out of trouble. Movie's mm-hmm. over in five minutes." And then you'd have to look at the yeah, majority why don't you of people. Just have Brenda take a cab from the bus station. Right. Yeah, we're calling over, the, over to the Anderson's house. Right. And so, like, if I they, they talked about that though. They couldn't afford it. Yeah. She's like, I don't have any money. I can't afford a cab. That would be like well, no, 40, 40 bucks. Or, yeah. That would be $40. Cabs aren't prepaid. Right. But I think I don't think she has any cash with her. She right. didn't so, have any cash so and Chris didn't but, want to pay the $40 when right. she got there either. Well, did Chris say that? Yeah. I think so. I'm yeah. not going to pay for you. Yeah. I think she's like, that's 40 bucks. I'm not going to pay for that. Yeah. So I think, I think so. But I think. Because at the time, jumping in the car somehow made sense to her. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's what gets into the. That's what gets into, is it a good movie or a bad movie? Like, if we were all sitting around, I think we all kind of agree it's a good movie. Now, if one of us was taking the devil's advocate, you know, kind of like what you were doing just there, like, well, why did you do this? Why didn't they just pay the cab? Why didn't they? You know, now, is that person like a voice of reason that we all say, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. This so, wait, she didn't cheesy. have the $40 for the cab ride, but she had $50 to pay for the tire? She got it from the frat guy. Well, no, but she was going to write a check. Yeah. But she... Because she realized initially, while uh, before right before Pruitt shows up, mm-hmm. she doesn't have her checkbook. Right. So she clearly had money to be able to pay for things with her checkbook. Would the cab take a check? I don't know. I've never okay. tried. Yeah. So if we have any cab drivers, yeah. John, any how, cab can, drivers? How, how can the cab drivers reach out? Uh, to if us? you want to give us a call, eight seven two three five movie eight seven two three five six six eight four three, or you can email us or tweet us. Yeah. Just don't tweet us while you're driving. I, I honestly, I think it just depends on if the movie's done well or not. Yeah. Like, you can sit there and poke holes in any movie, mm-hmm. but at some point you're just going to say, yeah, okay, but it was still a fun movie. Or you're just going to say, oh, that just got annoying and they should have just done all this and it would have been fine. And, you know, sort of like what we, we were talking about the Weapon X movie last week, right? And it was just like, okay, why are they doing this elaborate thing to try and test nuclear, like, that just didn't make any sense. But the majority <clears> of the group test was Test adamantium like, on monkeys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then but the majority of the group was like, okay, but, you know, just take that out. They just had to show cruelty to animals, so we're, we're okay. Like in this movie, well, that's not believable. Why'd they do this? Why didn't they do... Well, that's okay. They needed to be out on an adventure, and it's believable. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you watch Star Trek, right? Like in some of the episodes... Well, not anymore. I'm not going to watch Star Trek anymore. It's, ooh, yeah, that's yeah. right. But, you know... Are you in kidding? The, it, but in the, in, in, I think there's a woman as the first officer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But you watch that, and it's like some you know what? She's going to go and get to see Wonder Woman before the rest of us. So I feel like <laughs> that's it. You're right. Out. Well, that's it. I want to go see Thor with a group of guys. Yeah, done. Okay, that's that's all. Right, go sit in a wow. room with a bunch of guys and watch a gladiator movie. <laughs> <laughs> but like the the thing I was saying is in that movie, it can be like there's some problems that they're like uh, have the computer solve it. And the computer like mm-hmm. solves all the problems in like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Then you get other episodes that, oh, we need to make this last a whole episode. So they kind of, well, the computer can't solve all your problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. each movie is going to have that, and it's just how well is sure. it written. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think for some of this, we were just maybe more tolerant of that. Tolerant's the wrong word. But no, I, I, we I, liked I, it more. Like, those I think are the movies tolerant is the perfect word, because I think what, you're, what it gets down to is we look at it and we go, okay, this was the 80s, so they can get away with a lot of this because... You couldn't do X, Y, Z, 
But then we try to update it, and we're like, oh, well, you would today. You would just pick up a cell phone, or you would yeah. ask the truck driver, the tow truck driver, for his cell phone, or you would, when you get to the shop, you would call. You know, there's just so many things. And I tell you what, knowing this is an '80s movie is what kept me from freaking out in the very last scene when the girl is hanging out the window. Mm-hmm. Because if this was a movie that was made today, and not saying that in a movie made today, like they would drop her and she would die, but something about knowing it was an '80s movie, I was like, "Oh yikes!" Th- this scene really makes me uncomfortable. Knowing that this yeah. little girl is hanging by a rope, and at one point not hanging by a rope, on the side of this building where she could fall at any minute, and and again that kind of like, I think it was my modern sensibility stopped that suspension of disbelief dead in its tracks there for a minute. I was like, "Wow." Okay, I am. I'm not cool with this scene. Like this scene is making me really tense. Um, if this had been a movie made recently, I, I think that would really bother me a whole lot more. Knowing it's an '80s movie, I'm like, nah, it's an '80s movie. It's, yeah. no, nobody's gonna die, and it's well, even you know, e- even the action movies. You know, I mean, you know, like a Die Hard or a Lethal Weapon or a or a Commando or yeah. something like that. You just came to expect that Arnold's to- not going to even get grazed. Yeah, I mean it's it's that because he's Arnold particular thing that we accepted in the '80s, and then you know the backlash against that was we wanted more realism, and even though it's not really realistic, we still accept it as more realistic because there's more blood or gore or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just think you know you could make it today, and it w- it would be interesting to see if 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 people would you know just if we would like that kind of a movie. Whereas in the '80s, I think we were more open to that. All right. Well, well so well, I do have one more question. Yeah, go for it. And primarily for Bo, but you guys can. No, uh, we'll just. You guys can chime in as well. I'm gonna have another piece of pizza then. Yeah, if you just that. not talk to me. I just gotta um, say, I was I was dozing. That's why I was standing up, man. But yeah. I'm awake now. I'm back. He's back. He's dead. You're black. I'm mad. Um, whoa. We're going to get whoa, bloody whoa. on this, Raj. Hey. That's summing up the end of the year. That's all that took. <laughs> it feels like each day, like, and as I walked in today, it was just like the end of Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. was just like, we're going to get, is it bloody or we're going to get messy on this? I don't remember. It's like, we're, we're going to get bloody. Something like that. We're going to get bloody on this, Raj. We're not coming through unscathed. <laughs> and it's like, as this day wore on, it was like, no, things are still good. <laughs> we're not coming through this year unscathed. It's it's going to be, it's good. We're, we're getting, yeah. Anyways. So, Bo, Having watched this as a kid, mm. did this movie do anything for you in terms of making Chicago frightening? Because Katie and I both talked about it. I think so. I, when I watched it again, I was like, wow. Yeah, I Could, bet it did. Because she and I both talked about still... how we were scared of the city based on watching this. It doesn't depict Chicago hmm. well. No, not at all. It, make, it makes Chicago very frightening. So I think, so it was funny because we were both like, yeah, oh my God, you thought that too? I definitely thought like, well, I'd never want to go to Chicago. That place I still think terrifying. I would blow a tire on the expressway. It sounds like a bad happening. It is. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll tell you from experience, it is. <laughs> it's not something I want to do. Um, um, just make sure you have a spare. Well, that helps, but still, changing. You kids went on the expressway without a spare. No. <laughs> <laughs> you must be from the suburbs. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's still like you know, there's still parts of the city where I'm like, oh, I should roll up my window. This is frightening. <laughs> roll them up. Roll them up. Why? Why? It's not frightening. What am I doing this for? So now the two of you, these guys know the comments. with having seen this for the first time for you, Pat, and first time in a long time for you, John. I what was fine like? with Chicago until watching this movie. <laughs> Now I don't want to go back. Now, <laughs> never. Okay, Pat. 
Yeah. Like, like was, the, the, was that your question? <laughs> well, I mean, the question is, you know, what is your takeaway on, on how the film depicts Chicago? Yeah, it, it is interesting. I mean, it definitely, it, that you pointed it out, now I'm seeing it. You know, that they, they portray that as... It's dark, it's un, unsafe, mm-hmm. it's gang-filled, there's mm-hmm. no but, sanctuary anywhere in the city. Yeah, but... Right. But that being said, like... That to me seems like the stereotypical suburban view of the city. Oh sure, is that which not is what, not is, which isn't to is, is that not what Chicago's like? <laughs> no, it is. Oh, it is. Okay, okay. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I get I see what you're saying that that's how they're portraying it as wow this this evil city, but it's it's kind of like, and I don't know, and maybe maybe you know there were certain neighborhoods that were pretty rough and mm-hmm. they still are but you know some of that has just been pushed away and changed and all that with with the with the city recently yeah, I, I did like joe's comment when their drive was joe gipp uh, was the car thief and he's like could you just let us out at the next corner he's like lady i wouldn't even get out of the car in this neighborhood yeah <laughs> yeah that's right but so it's, it's stuff like that because when you look at a movie like the untouchables we're mm-hmm. same city yeah mm-hmm. but a much more brilliant magnificent backdrop mm-hmm Whereas in this case, the city still crime infested is a very right dark, um, unsafe, worrisome backdrop. Yeah, i i I think it's I think it's just well. See, and there's no way for me to answer that. Yeah, I think that's that's how they're portraying it in the movie. But then the, the the flip side is in in real life, and I'm not saying something that nobody knows. Is it's like the city's not scary. You just have to have your wits about you. Right. You got to know it is scary, John. Don't go. You know you got to. going. <laughs> you got to know where you're going. You got to know when to fold them. These when to hold them. When to fold them. When to walk away. When, when to run. I when run these, like hell. Yeah. Yeah. Run. <laughs> try to run. <laughs> I mean now. <laughs> try to get know. a hotel right across from the theater when we go see Hamilton and just run right out the door. There you go. I mean, and I obviously I don't know anything to compare it with, but like. We were just down in the city this past weekend, and I mean, you saw families out. You saw I was scared. Kids out. I, know I mean, I'm, I'm glad I had Katie there to protect me. Right, she held your hand. And you ran away real quick. I did. I you was, weren't there to help anybody. <laughs> exactly. I, don't worry. It. I was watching you the whole time. So that'll do it for this week. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, there is something we podcast. <laughs> you talked about the building, mm-hmm. the iconic building, mm-hmm. and you talked about the city being scary. Mm-hmm. When you see a movie shot partially in a city that you know, mm-hmm. like Chicago, do you bump on when they composite shots together and things yes. that don't make sense? Like the fact that mm-hmm. there's not an L track anywhere near that building. Well, not anymore. Well, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't no, even really back then. I didn't say that. I didn't put the it. angles were all wrong, and there's some stuff you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't so, go with that. Mm-hmm. And Katie does a lot more than that because she used to work and live in the city. Oh, so anytime, I'm sure any, she does. anytime that there's there's a, a scene in a movie, we pause it, and she's like, okay, I'm going to try to figure this out. This is this street. Oh, so yeah. like we like the bus station, like, right? Like, well, that's the Marshall Fields building right there. Mm-hmm. So when was there a bus station? Next to the Marshall Fields building. So we looked it up, and there used to be a bus there station. There used to be a bus station. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so, you know, and I looked up some of the restaurants that were. Um, I mean, there's a um, lot of that. There's a lot of, like, the tow truck place isn't uh, there anymore, mm-hmm. but that street still exists. Peaches uh, Audio Equipment Store mm-hmm. and Mammy's Pancake House, and, like, mm-hmm. all those restaurants, you know, was that just something set decorated? You know, we over in the corner at one point, um, there was a parking garage entrance. Mm-hmm. And we recognized it first because it had the P with the arrow pointing down. Right. And 
Um, then you look inside the parking garage entrance and you just see a very tiny bit. But the wall is painted halfway up green and the other half is white, just like the parking garages are painted now. So I was like, no, that's clearly, you know, there was a, a sign out in front of it, you know, theater parking. So either someone did a hell of a lot of research of how to set, uh, how, to, how to dress the set, or it's legit, legitimately a shot taken at the time in Chicago. In which case, what happened to all that? You know, where did the bus station go? You know, the L tracks. You know, was it a, you know what's going on with the L tracks or the, the the train up there? So I think that we do a lot, and especially it's a, uh, Katie does a lot of. Okay, mm -hmm. hold on, let's figure this out. This this angle. This did you ever get to a point where some of them she's like, those things can't exist together. This has to be a weird shot. Because um, so having having been a, a graduate of Notre Dame, mm. anytime I watch Rudy, she has a hard time not pointing out to me how well he can't sit there and look at that and have that in the background. <laughs> that is just not how the campus is laid out, and that's really the the you know that's the mess hall. That's not even a building for classes. Like, you're ruining this. <laughs> Stop it. Well, the one that got me, there's a shot, there's a couple shots, actually, with the building in the background, and there's some L-Tracks in front, and there, there's two shots. Like, one is the L-Tracks, and I forget what the other one is. And it just doesn't work. Like, I know well, enough that one's clearly a mat. Right. Of, I know enough the about the angles to go, okay, I know that doesn't work, so that had to be a mat. And it was like Sarah, in. like, running, like, <laughs> standing in a dark alley, yeah. seeing the building in the background, which was, Mom, Dad, and she takes off. Like, she automatically knows how to run from point A to the building through God only knows what neighborhoods. Right. I know. I'm looking at that. I'm going, that's going to take her at least, like, half an hour to 45 right. minutes. Right. Right. She's way too far away from that building. Like, <laughs> yeah. that is not yeah. two blocks, little girl. So, I mean, that that's kind of stuff where I, I, I start mm -hmm. bumping and, like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. it's starting to lose me here. Yeah. Like, that, that's a little bit, a little bit too much. The, the city stuff, I, I mean, didn't. It didn't make me think any differently of Chicago. I don't know that it freaked me out about the city. I mean, I've been in plenty of cities in different parts of the world late at night and some neighborhoods that might be kind of unsavory, and we never thought anything of it. I mean, mm -hmm. again, like you said, just as long as you have your wits well, about you, it's So the question, it was interesting to me because having seen it as small kids compared to seeing it as an adult, mm -hmm. you know, like as a kid, it terrified me about going to the city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All tow truck drivers have hooks for hands. Yeah. I mean, these yeah. are things, you know. Yeah. Um, so, Sharon... <laughs> so, Sharon asked me an interesting question as we were watching this one. She said, do all teen movies from the 80s take place in Chicago? Yes. All the good ones. Okay. And, like, why is that? Because like, Goonies was preteen, so that one would Yeah, that's exactly. But, like, I mean, you've got, like, Home Alone. Um, Home Alone is the suburbs. Yeah. You've got Ferris Bueller is suburbs and city. Well, I, mean, I like, would some imagine... Of the biggest, some of the, the biggest... Kid, wow. kid movies, teenage movies in the 80s John are Chicago. Hughes. John Hughes is the yeah, first yeah, yeah. driver of it. But I think subsequently, I think if you go back and look, there's some definitely some data on this recently. That was back when Chicago made a big push to have movies filmed here. And I think mm -hmm. there are a lot of tax subsidies for movie production. Mm. They're trying to bring some of those back recently, which brought in, you know, the Chicago fires mm -hmm. and all that Chicago PD, all that stuff is shot mostly here. But it's all about tax subsidies. It's a it's a cyclical thing, you know. You can you want these movies to shoot here because it, you get the revenue from the movies, mm -hmm. and you want the movies to shoot here because it puts your town on TV and in front of millions of people. But there's competition. Mm -hmm. Canada had got half of this movie. Right. They just set it in Chicago. Right. So I, I'd be intrigued to know if around this time. 
those tax subsidies were at a peak. Mm-hmm. I know in the early 2000s, they were way down. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of Daly's term, they were not subsid- They were not yeah. giving them tax breaks at all. One of Rahm's big pushes was, let's bring some of those back. Let's, let's bring that movie industry back. Because before all this recent stuff, we had... Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it, like, you're right. I mean, it does go kind of in cycles. It's like in the early 2000s, Australia was yeah. where they were making all the movies. And now and the big now push like is Jordan. all the Australian actors because we can pay them less. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then for several for several years, and even now, is like Georgia. Mm-hmm. There's like ridiculous amounts of tax credits to film in Georgia. Canada must do it too because yeah. there's a whole a lot of those a lot of the mid budget TV shows, a lot of mid budget sci fi TV shows for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Canada, anything yeah. sci fi network. Canada, yeah. for whatever reason, it's just cheaper to shoot there. It's more inviting. Who knows? I know Vancouver and Toronto are big mm-hmm. film location yeah. places. One of the two, and I'm going to get it wrong, so I'm not even going to guess which one, also has a really large um, just film industry um, uh, uh, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Not quite Southern California's infrastructure by any means. I think it's Toronto. I, I think it's Toronto. Yeah, it sounds right, but... I. Gonna get it wrong if I guess so, but one of them does have. Well, they got the big film festival, and so it's probably that would make sense. One of them definitely has a thriving infrastructure based on that, but I think it's a lot of it. I think it's about tax breaks, and like Pat said, John Hughes definitely. You know, when five of the ten movies we're talking about are all John Hughes movies, mm-hmm. that's part that's of it. Um, and I think some of it might have to do with the scary Chicago we're talking about. It gives you this place, this scary place, <laughs> yeah. to use for these movies. Mm-hmm. Whereas oh, you need a Gotham City, you got Chicago. And and we were, and I mean, again, thirty years ago, was that? I mean, were people still moving into the city to live? I mean, as I recall, thirty years ago, when these movies were coming out, the rush hour was always going into the city. And then coming out of the city. Because everyone was living in the suburbs and working, and working in the city. In the and city. that's what all these movies do. You know, you've and got these people who are living in Oak mm-hmm. Park. And yeah. They go into the city to, but then get out mm-hmm. kind of thing. Whereas now that's switched to where, you know, mm-hmm. like we were walking the West Loop. And uh, when we went and grabbed some dinner yeah. on Saturday. And it was just kind of like, man, I haven't been to this neighborhood. Wow, look at this. These restaurants are going in. These shops are going in. Oh, the, this West, is going in. the West Loop is crazy now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Printer's Row. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember, you know, I went into Chicago. I went into the city for something. It was like an unzoned lot that I knew that was kind of like secret, like free parking in the, the South Loop, south of Printer's Row. And now that's all like developed and nice mm-hmm. and everything is, is finished off. So I think that maybe that perspective of the city has changed a little bit because more people are moving back in there to work and then maybe either commuting out to the suburbs or they just have moved into the city because they wanted to move into the city. I just had another interesting thought. As much as I used Scary Chicago as a reason, was New York too dirty to be used as the backdrop back then? Well, didn't New Before York Giuliani cleaned everything yeah, up and all that? Yeah. Like, we're talking... Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking mid to late 80s here. Was New York just too scary and dirty? And so I we need a town where to go to Chicago? I remember hearing that, that, that uh, you know, my mom and my sister, they went to New York on a trip, not in the 80s. It was, it was later, but my mom hadn't been there. And she just says, wow, it's really 
like Times Square used to be supposedly really seedy, and now it's cleaned up nicely. You know. And, oh yeah, now it glows. <laughs> and uh, that's yeah, I'd heard that about hmm. New York. I had never been there. Right. I still haven't. <laughs> that's the trip my wife wants to take. New cool. York. But that, but you, yeah, you might, you might be right. I don't know. I, it just came to me as we were talking. I was like, I wonder if it was just too much. Hmm. Or, or conversely, too expensive because it's New York. I mean, yes, think about right. it. Yeah. You know, shutting down a street in New York in 1985 might have cost three well, times as much. Well, the Muppets did when they took Manhattan. Well, that they true. did. That's true. That they did. Together again. But, you know, when you got a Muppets kind of budget, you know, the Muppets can do whatever they want. Sky's the limit. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Together again and all. So, this is totally unrelated, but related to the Muppets. My sister just went to Georgia this weekend. Okay. Went, to the, went to the Jim Henson Puppetry Georgia. Museum. Oh, man. She said it was fantastic. I'm sure it was. Yeah. they had. She took pictures. They had the Skeksis from Dark Crystal. They had an entire... The entrance <laughs> to the... <laughs> yes! Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, <laughs> the entrance to the labyrinth section was that... Um, with a rock wall on either side where you oh, see the little worm. Man, I got a yeah. good road trip this summer. She then. said it was outstanding. She said, well, she said she was surprised. When she drove down there, she took her dog with her, and she drove down there, and she said Chattanooga was outstanding. She said there was just... <laughs> she stopped in Chattanooga, and she's like, there was this um, uh, was rock city, um, like a park or a, a national park or something. I don't know if it was a national park, but so just amazing views like there was a spot they went up to you could see seven states from where they were and um and then she went on into georgia and and went to the jim henson like she'd been wanting to go to that for a long time and they had a ton of props from labyrinth from the muppets they had the uh, the full-size suit of big bird that is all kinds of stuff and just i saw i saw that when it was traveling yeah I'm, and i don't know when the jim henson museum was founded but at uh, museum of science and industry i believe they had they a, do a, uh, the whole, a traveling whole, exhibit, a whole Jim Henson traveling mm-hmm. exhibit that I went to middle school, okay. early high school. Awesome. I still hate that I missed the Star Wars one when it was there. That one was really cool, too. Yeah. Because I remember going, I was going to take my brother to it. We were in the city and my parents went off in one direction. My sister went off and my, my brother and I were going to go to the Star Wars. It was, a, it was the Magic of Myth tour that they did. I was like in the late right. 90s. Um, the line to get in was three hours long. <clears throat> and we were supposed to meet up with my parents in like two and a half hours. I was like, I'll buy the book. The first time we went downtown to go, the exhibit hadn't opened yet. It was like we were right. a couple days early. Nice. I was so disappointed. So I think we established that Chicago is not a horrible, crime-ridden, no. infested city. Cesspool. Not as clean as Toronto, maybe. But eh. we've got time. Exactly. We can, we're working on it. We can clean it up. All right. Is there anything else we want to say about uh, Adventures in Babysitting? Fun movie. Fun movie? Yeah, it's a good time. Okay. Loved it. Good time. Fun movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to go watch the Disney one or not. I don't think I'm going to. I would not recommend it I'm from what I've read. I, I, I read the Wikipedia entry, and I think I was good with that. And and, and honestly, I, I've been sitting here over here thinking. That's what that smell is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's the smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, is there a modern-day version of... Goonies or Adventures in Babysitting or Home Alone. Like, I, I just... No, because they knew better. Yeah, and I don't know if they know better. I just... Yeah, it, no. just it just seems like that quote-unquote realistic, mm-hmm. if n- nothing else, than set in the real world, kid adventure kind of thing. It Let's write one. 
this Let's summer. Fired up. We'll write one and make lots of money. We could. Yeah. Dennis is always looking for. A, I'm a making lots of money. Project. I'm. Uh, I'm going to be busy writing my Rocketeer Indiana Jones crossover, but you guys can go right ahead. It's confidential. The Rocketeer, you know that. God, do you not read the papers? Papers? Yeah. What is these papers? (laughs) No ticket. Um, People's just people's. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, so our next few episodes are I think we're going to try to do a Wonder Woman show because it kind of sounds like we're all going to go see this immediately. We're going to attempt. Okay. Um, I'm hearing phenomenal things about it. I have not read any reviews, but I have seen some of the numbers, and they're saying like it's very close to 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. And yeah. I didn't even know that was. A thing. It's it's a thing. Is it coming out Friday? It's been a thing for a while. No, I meant 100%. Yeah, schmuck. It might be coming out Thursday night. But yeah. So, um, either either Thursday night or... Chattanooga choo-choo going through my head now. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Pat. Pardon me, boy. Is this the Transylvania Station? Yeah, yeah. Track 29. (laughs) Would you care for a shot? (laughs) Just... Wow! Wow! So great. Walk uh, this way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of our next episodes coming up. <laughs> one of our next episodes coming up is probably going to be Wonder Woman because um, we will probably try to go see that and then record something pretty soon after. So uh, definitely looking forward to that one. And then we get on into our kind of a mixture of horror comedy uh, in the month of June. So Pat, you're probably going to be okay with these. They're, they're a little scary, but well, they're also funny. I saw so. during, like, like Okay. I, good memories. Okay. All right. Well, good. Easter so, morning. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Not quite Easter morning. <laughs> uh, so our next one after Wonder Woman, I don't know when we'll do the Wonder Woman one, but uh, one of the next ones coming up will be Wonder Woman, then Lost Boys, um, then Evil Dead 2, um, The Monster Squad, and The Running Man. So that's gotten ours. Yes, it does. The Running Man's fun. Um, which I will contend The Monster Squad probably going to be a better Universal Monster reboot than the movies they've got coming out. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to think yeah. that you'd be correct. Yeah. Uh, mostly so because sad. there's no Tom Cruise. <laughs> so sad. Yeah. All right. Um, and I'm really looking forward to The Running Man, too. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's fun. You want to talk about a quotable movie? Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, Army of Darkness come out. Army of Darkness, 92. It was a 90s movie? I think it's 92, maybe? something to look forward to then. 92 or 93? Mm-hmm. I love Army Darkness. 92. Is it 92? Okay. Yeah. Um, so Evil Dead 2, I did not... I saw Army of Darkness before I saw any of the other Evil Dead movies. I've and never then, seen any. I've only seen Army of Darkness. Oh, really? You know, okay. So, so here's an interesting thing about Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 1 was kind of like... I don't know if it was his college film, Sam Raimi... Um, I don't know if he did it when he was in college or right out of film school, but it was like extremely low budget. Looks like it was made as like a college film or just a really low budget kind of comedy-ish horror movie. Um, Evil Dead 2 is pretty much the exact same story as Evil Dead 1, just with a bigger budget. All right. So if you, I don't know that, I mean, Evil Dead 1 is still a fun movie. I would, I would say watch both, but if you only had time to watch one of them, I'd say watch Evil Dead 2. Well, you know, because it's, it's, the same, yeah, you know, it's the got, same story. I've never but. seen The Lost Boys. Okay. And I've never oh, seen The I've, Running Man. I've never seen Lost Boys Oh, either. that Running Man's fun. Oh, wow. You've never yeah. seen Running Man? No. Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. I've never, been, I've never seen The Lost Boys, so I'm looking forward to seeing that one. 
A long Lost time Boys. since I've seen Running Man. I do not think I've ever seen Lost Boys. Oh, Boys? are you kidding me? This is Boys the first time the I've Man? seen a movie that none of you guys have seen. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Bo, I think you you need to you need to do the Running Man for us. No. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing. We got the reinforced stage. Mm-hmm. No. Lost Boys brings back. Pat in the three circles. Yeah. yeah, I have not seen Lost Boys. Oh, which which is I'm excited. I, this is like which is funny because I love vampire movies. This one's good, man. Okay. This one's it's a fun. Like movie. I was a huge I mean, fan of vampire. Is it going to be as good as Twilight? You can. This is a really good movie. This can, is. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. what, you can take that hat and do. Wow. What? <laughs> what, John? What? Mm-hmm. You can stuff it up your nose and around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. <laughs> What the hell was that? I know what that was. Just a little ditty. Uh huh. That's a little ditty for your hat and your nose. Okay. For your hat and your nose. All right. Well, we got to get Pat back uh-huh. to the home. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. It's time. Turning into a pumpkin. <laughs> All right. Well, visiting hours are almost up, so we have to go. Yeah. Um, it's like you... the A team. You got to bust Pat out of the like yeah. Murdoch. You got to bust him out of the. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. So if you want to reach us in the meantime, uh, Pat will not be reachable because um, they have him in a ward where he only gets to talk to people once a day. Um, but if you want to reach us, it's 30podcast at gmail.com, uh, 30podcast.com for our website, at 30podcast for Twitter, facebook.com slash 30podcast, and you can listen to us on Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, iTunes, and directly on our website, 30podcast.com. Um, so until next time, Jeff, what? Pat, Bo, it's been a slice. There's a couple left. I'm probably going to steal those before we leave. No, fair enough. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what you're doing over there. Bye, everyone. All right. Um, Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. To hell. Don't with the babysitter. Oh. Oh.